When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Stop Yourself is up there on the list of top five Cantyisms that I have come to really love. Stop Yourself is right there. I love have that. Have you never heard anybody else use Stop Yourself? I really haven't. Not consistently. Really? Well, I've heard it, but not consistently like okay. you. And yeah, I think it's, I love it. I love yeah, it. It's, it's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, also on Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speaker. In just moments, we tackle opening day and the changes that have been made in the game, and if it's going to bring you back if you haven't been there. But Canty, we got to start with your basketball team, who last night, uh, listen, if you're ever going to be ultra impressed, you're going to be impressed with a win over a team that's four games under 500. And that's what we saw last night with the Lakers taking care of the Chicago Bulls. And everybody is feeling just so much different about the prospects of the Lakers in the playoffs. I'm so inspired by what I've seen. No, they look damn good last night. So much so that Brian Windhorse, who covers the NBA for us and has really covered LeBron James since he was in high school, said that this is going to be one of the more dangerous teams in not just the Western Conference, but the entire playoff field once we get to the second season. Just because of how they defend. Big fella, the way that the Lakers played defense last night and how that led to opportunities in transition for them, that's going to make them a tough out for anybody. I mean, not only were they able to get up and down the court, this is a team that's always played with pace throughout the season, but now they're getting easier looks because you're getting stops on the defensive end. This team is the best defensive team in the entire NBA since they made the trade that brought over D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Vanderbilt. Like They are the best team in all of basketball since that decision. Forget about how those players complement LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the offensive end. The fact that they can get stops defensively means that there are going to be easier buckets throughout the game for not only AD and Bron, but for the rest of the supporting cast. And for that reason, you got to take the Lakers seriously as a live dog, no matter who they match up with in the first round of the playoffs. Well, here's Wendy on that topic from what you referenced this morning on Get Up. They're the number one defensive team in the NBA since the trades, and they haven't even had LeBron for a big stretch of that. So now they get an offensive engine who's looking stronger coming back. Number one defensive team since mid-February. They have a schedule down the stretch that they can manage. It's, it's, it's a road, there's some road games, and there's a big game with the Timberwolves tomorrow night who are in front of them, but then there's some winnable games on there. They can get in. They have not been over 500 in 14 months. If they win tomorrow, they get there. They're 12 and 7 since the trade. If they keep that trend up, they've got a shot. I'm not going to sit here and guarantee anything, but I have never before talked about an eighth place team having a shot on March 30th, and I am saying that with a straight face. And I understand why he's saying it with a straight face. You've got the next four that are on the road, but those games that he alluded to that are winnable are Houston, Utah, and then technically a road game against the Clippers, but we all know that's a home game. And then you close out with Phoenix and then Utah again. Uh, do they find themselves, Canty, in a strong enough position right now 
where you are confident they have a chance to get to the sixth spot? Uh, here's the thing. There's a chance that they can get to it. But, big fella, I don't think it's going to matter. Game out in the loss column right I, now. I, I, I don't think it's going to matter whether they get in the sixth spot or not. I mean, you'd like for it to be less games that LeBron and AD have to play in the postseason. But if they've got to go to Rada to play it and they've got to win one to get in and I'm likely a home game in the play-in, I think they'll be fine. They'll be fine because of how scrappy they are. And one of the things that stood out to me in yesterday's game is Anthony Davis's efficiency. You're talking about a guy that dropped 38 points on 20 shots. Now, a big part of why he was able to do that is because he got to the foul line. AD shot 14 free throws last night. Yep. Carlin, 14 free throws. This team had 29 second chance points. So think about how dominant AD had to be in order for this team to run away with those categories in last night's game. When you got a free throw disparity of 30 attempts to the other team's 13, you're doing something right. And to me, that's a reflection of Anthony Davis imposing his will and impacting the game in more ways than just scoring a basketball, even though he did that at a high clip last night. If you get that version of AD, and there's no reason to think that you won't because of the shooting that's surrounding Braun and, and, and him, this is going to be a tough team to beat. They really are. There's so much more room for AD to operate because the court is spaced properly. Why? Because you got bona fide knockdown shooters on the perimeter. And Malik Beasley isn't even playing that well right now. He's going through a little bit of a cold streak. But you still have to respect the threat that they got guys that can knock down open shots. And that makes a difference. Another guy that makes a difference, Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves over the last three weeks, That's I don't know great. what's going on with him. But there's no way that the Lakers and Rob Palenka and Jeannie Buss would have expected that this kid would turn into the player that he is now. That guy's the X factor for this team moving into the playoffs because he's now that third piece that you have to account for from a playmaking standpoint and from a scoring standpoint. I thought it was going to be D'Angelo Russell. Turns out it's, it's ultimately going to be Austin Reeves. He's, he's phenomenal, Carlin. Well, he's been great. I mean, listen, when, when he's going to score 19 points on eight shots, <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, when you are playing the level that he is, there are two things that uh, I take out of it. Number one, you can't ask for more than you have gotten from him. But number two, Kenty, how are teams going to approach him now? Because it's not like you can take all of the attention away from the other guys by any stretch of the imagination. Are they going to play him any differently, and how is he going to adjust to that? As far as AD, Braun is right there with him. When Anthony's playing like that, I mean, how much room does it create out there on the court for the rest of the game? plays like that. He's going to kick him in the ass every now and then. But he always plays like that, so I never worried about him. But I guess in terms of when he's got going like that, the, the space he's able to create on the court for the rest of you guys? Well, he's one of the most dynamic players that we have in our league. And uh, especially when he's shooting the ball like that, especially from the perimeter, he's able to knock down a 3-2 to kind of open up the space. Then um, it just makes him even more um, just unguardable. And then it just helps the rest of the team. Again, offensive efficiency, 38 on 20 shots. I mean, it's about as good as can be for them. And here's the thing. This is what's going to – I don't want to say it's going to bug you, but it's going to tantalize you a little bit, just knowing this is what it can look like. Can you just stay on the floor? Yeah, yeah, that's that's going to be a big challenge, and that leads me to a larger point that I'm concerned with as a Lakers fan, and it might be a little too far in the weeds for our listeners, but I'm going to go ahead and put it on wax anyway. 
I'm concerned with four-year head coach in Darvin Ham with his substitution pattern. And that's been one of those things that throughout the year you're hoping that he would get a handle on it. But just making sure that he's managing the minutes for AD and for Bron while also having a pulse, having a feel for the game and knowing when he's got to get his stars in there to get momentum back on the Lakers side, when he can rest guys based on the opposing team's lineup that's out on the court. Like all of those little different things, the minutia of of being a head coach, especially when the pressure ratchets up in the postseason, that's where I'm a little bit concerned about the Lakers. Now you're going to lean on LeBron James to help manage that. But I thought last night was the perfect example of the kind of minutes that you want to play Braun right now. I mean, he's coming back from that foot injury. 30 to 35 minutes is about the cap for Braun. And to be honest with you, based on you know what's going on, I, I think that's going to have to be who he is moving forward for the rest of his career. So if you're Darvin Ham, how do you manage that once you get to the playoffs? It's going to go a long ways to determining the version of LeBron James you're going to get in the ceiling for what this Lakers team is going to be. Well, that's where it's going to get tricky because uh, two things. Do you, are you going to, if you're Darvin Ham, do you have enough, um, gravitas isn't the word, but do you have enough in terms of LeBron's uh, respect to almost be able to protect LeBron from himself? Or is Darvin Ham, as a young coach, going to look at it and say, i got to play him as much as possible when we get into the postseason, and all of a sudden you look up and he's playing 42, 43 minutes. That's yeah, a problem. I think, I think Darvin Ham has the respect of Bron because Darvin Ham was a player in this league for a long time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's a little bit different than, you know, David Blatt back in Cleveland. This ain't, this ain't that. So, I think he does have the respect of LeBron James, but does he have – But is LeBron going to listen to him if, well, if think, Darvin Ham says that? And is Darvin Ham smart enough to do that? Well, that that's the other part. The the the, the, I, the coach IQ, the coaching IQ is what I'm concerned with the most. Like the yeah. coaches that he's going to be matched up with in the playoffs, you you have to look at the Lakers situation, saying they're likely going to be at a coaching deficit, and the players are going to have to overcome that. Is Braun good enough at this stage in his career, and can he play enough minutes? to help the rest of the team overcome whatever deficiencies or whatever mistakes that Darvin Ham might make. Because you know they're coming. It's just a matter of, it, do, do they happen at the most inopportune time that cost you a playoff game? You know what I hear? And I want to know, know if Eric hears this. I want to know if Stosh hears this as well. I hear hope in your voice. Oh, yeah. I, I hear a little... Oh, shit. Spring, I, I'll be honest. It's been building a bit the last few weeks. But I today, little extra spring in your step. Oh yeah, little extra. Stash, are you hearing right now? A little extra spring in sta in in Canty right now. More than a little. More than a little. More than Eric Hanneman. Your evaluation of this situation. One hundred percent. I mean, he he's giddy right now. He he thinks they're gonna make a run in the postseason. Well, Canty, with this in mind, I just I want to play you this clip just just to remind you. Would you say that you have hope right now? Yes, I have hope. Just remember our good friend Morgan Freeman from Shawshank Redemption. Hope is a dangerous thing. Hope can drive a man insane. Just remember that. Wow. Hope is a dangerous thing. Wow. Hope can drive a man insane. Wow. Uh, you're right. You're right. Uh, you know where be, I'm coming could, from. That's it all. Could be, it could be setting myself up for a mighty long tumble, a mighty long fall. You're, you're right. This could be that. But I don't think it is. Oh. I don't think it is. 
I don't think I believe in defense, big fella. You know I believe in defense. Being able to help you win championships. And the Lakers are a damn good defensive team. If you can get stops, it gives you a chance. If you got LeBron, it gives you a chance. If AD can stay healthy, you got a chance. All of those things are adding up in the Lakers' favor. I'm just, you call it hope. I, I, I am hopeful, but I also believe in this team. I believe in them. They got me. I believe in them. So that is the question to you at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Do you now believe in the Lakers? Do you now believe the Lakers can make a run? Or do you believe that hope will drive Chris Canty insane? That's what we want to know. At 888-SAY-ESPN, lines are open. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Canty, opening day. I love opening day. I love opening day, and I know everybody says it, but there is something that, you know, adds a little. If you're a baseball fan, I've been a baseball fan for most of my life. I would say that my interest in the game has waned a bit over the last five to six years. And a big reason why is going to games or even watching games at times is not nearly as much of a pleasurable experience as it used to be. But I do have, well, hope that that's about to change with the pitch clock, with everything, with the non-shift. I think good things are happening here. And look, baseball, you and I have talked about it. It has to get younger. It has to find an audience that is much younger. They have the highest average age at 58 years old among their fan base. I mean, that's you, you, it just can't be the case when you're trying to grow as a sport. And so they instituted the pitch clock this year to move things along and not necessarily to even shorten the games, but to create more action. Same thing with the shift. Can't he? I don't know if I have hope that it's going to bring a much younger audience into the fold, but I think it is going to bring fans back like me who maybe have kind of faded in interest over the last few years. Big fella, I'm sure that you just made some salient points in your diatribe just now, but I was halfway paying attention to you because I've got another eye on the screen watching my Yankees and Aaron Judge rack up his third RBI on opening day. Oh, here we so, go. So so let's not even talk about how he takes the second pitch <laughs> that he sees for a ride, for a home run. But now he's doing it the old-fashioned way with just a base hit, being able to get on base and being able to score DJ Le- uh being able to advance LeMahieu and score Torres. So I, I hear everything that you're saying, but my Yankees are up 5 nothing over the San Francisco Giants. So I'm pretty feeling pretty damn good about it. All right, so listen, right I tuned now. myself out in the middle of it too, so don't worry about that. But, <laughs> no, but to your, point, to your point, though, you're absolutely right. You're hoping that the innovations that Rob Manfred and the owners are implementing will be able to capture a younger demographic. You're hoping that it improves the pace of play, but it also increases the level of action that's happening while the games are on. Like the great thing about baseball is that it's there every single day for you. So no matter what's going on, you get home from work early, you you know, you, you know, you're enjoying some of the spring and summer months. You can cut on TV and probably find a baseball game. You know, you come home after work, you get home around seven o'clock, you turn it on, the baseball game's on. It's always there for you. But too often, baseball is just a backdrop or background noise. And what they're trying to do is fight to get into the forefront. 
and be a game that's compelling, be a game that uh, that has the drama, that draws the interest of the casual sports fan, similar to what we see from the National Football League and from the NBA. You know, say what you want about the NBA, Carlin, but NBA summer right after the NBA Finals is one of the most compelling times in the calendar for the National Basketball Association. It ain't no games being played. You know yep. why? Because everybody is excited about which star is going to shoot their way out and make the next super team. Everybody's excited about it. The NFL offseason, people say, what offseason? There is no offseason because everybody's excited about player movement, free agency, the draft, et cetera, et cetera. They create, the, those other sports leagues create urgency in a way that the Major League Baseball players and owners have yet to embrace. And because of that, it doesn't feel like there is as much interest in your game. Now, uh, another thing that baseball has to contend with is that it's 162 games, so it's hard to create urgency with 162 games. But I do think they have the opportunity to create a little more interest by having more action in the game. And that's what the pitch clock does, and that's what... The, the eliminating the shift does. So we'll see how those things how those things change the entertainment product, but I think baseball is being proactive, and that's a step in the right direction. Look, you can't be anything but, because for far too long, Canty, baseball's been reactive. For far too long. And <laughs> there there have been times with this, with this commissioner in particular where I wondered if he really did love the game itself, I mean, people knock Bud Selig, but I always knew Bud Selig loved the game. I love the fact... Because he was an owner. I mean, Bud Selig owned the Bruce. I mean, he was in it. Well, with the money, but he he genuinely loved the game. No, no, no. I'm not not saying he was an owner just to to eschew it. What I'm saying is he loved the game so much that he wanted to own a team. Right. (laughs) And, And Rob Manfred... Has always been viewed in my play, in my view at least. This is a lawyer. This is a guy that was always there for discussions, uh, you know, for negotiations between the players' association uh, and owners and such. And so it never really came across. I do feel like they are doing the things that you need to do here. Is it going to translate? I don't know the answer to that. I, I was somebody that even a couple of years ago, Canty, I didn't hate the idea that Justin Turner brought up at one point of, we get to a certain point in the 11th inning, let's go home run derby. I didn't hate it at that point. That That's where I think we were with the game. So I, I'm exceptionally interested to see if younger people who consume things via TikTok now, as opposed to sitting and even watching an entire game, yeah, if they will get brought back into it. Or brought into it, period, I should say. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, of course, baseball tonight. Tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. You can watch the Astros raise their championship banner. I know Canty will be locked in for that. Why do you have to be a bad guy? Why? Why do you have to be a bad guy? Because I'm still not over 2017. You know that, right? I, I, you shouldn't I'm be. I'm still not over it. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. It's an absolute disgrace. Tonight, Astros, White Sox, 7 p.m. Eastern. Carl Ravitch, Eduardo Perez, Buster Olney, Roger Clemens on the call. Alex Bregman is going to be mic'd up. So we've got so much there for you tonight. And you can also listen to the game on ESPN Radio. Coverage beginning at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Canty and Carlin just getting going. 
As we said, lines are open at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Is there reason to now believe in the Lakers as a legitimate championship contender or a contender in the West? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, in just moments, it's time for one legend to pack it in. We'll explain right after this from our friends at Indeed. Now, if springtime is kicking your hiring season into full bloom, then you need Indeed. Their powerful all-in-one hiring platform makes it simple to attract, interview, hire candidates all in one place. Just sponsor a post, get matched instantly with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. You can even conveniently schedule and conduct virtual video interviews right from the Indeed website. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Get $75 toward your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. What would you say to give them a reason to be optimistic for what's ahead? The last 25 years. The New England Patriots right now, under Bill Belichick, who is the general manager, are not doing enough to win games. This is a shift to me in the mentality of Bill. I don't know what he was thinking saying that, and if I was in the locker room, I'd check him right now. That's something that he should not say, and it's something that's not a message that he should convey to his players who can possibly see that. What is the future of Bill Belichick at this point? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. Canty, let's get to some calls first before we tap into this in about three minutes. Let's start with Mike in Washington up first on ESPN Radio on the Lakers. Mike, what do you think? Are they for real? Yeah, I think they're for real. I think they made at the trade deadline, they made all the right moves. You get the players that actually compliment Anthony Davis, LeBron. A lot of it depends on the health. If Anthony Davis and LeBron can both stay healthy. They have the most experience. They've won a title. I think we're getting back more towards where we were in 2020 when we have the type, right type of role players around them. So, yeah, they can definitely make a run. That was very matter of fact, can't he? he very there much, it is. Yeah, he just laid it all out for you and even laid it into the middle. Appreciate the call, Mike. The biggest thing is just are they going to stay healthy? And that's where I'm going to continue to struggle with it, unfortunately. I mean, I'll say this. 
I can't even, even though I kind of said tongue-in-cheek at the top of the show, well, if I'm going to get excited about a win over a team that's four games under 500, last night's the night to do it, the way they play, you see it. You, mm-hmm. you see how it can look, and you see how that can translate when it's all right. Well, yeah. I mean, once you get to the playoffs, it's about being able to defend and your stars stepping up and making plays. And yesterday, the Lakers checked both of those boxes. Now, there have been questions in the past about what the supporting cast is going to look like, but the novice basketball fan could even see that the Lakers have a solid supporting cast, and although they don't have that third star, they got a a couple of guys that can be that third star on any given night, and D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves. So I, I feel good about what they're bringing to the party. Can they stay healthy? That's a big question, but you can also ask that same question for everybody in the Western Conference field. You have questions about health with Denver when it comes to Jamal Murray and whether or not he's going to be able to stay healthy. You got questions about health when it comes to the the, the Phoenix Suns. You got questions about health with the Clippers. You got questions about health with Golden State. You got questions about health with Minnesota. So essentially every single team in the Western Conference playoff field is going to have some health concerns. The Lakers have already dealt with the injury bug earlier in the season. AD missed some time. Braun missed some time. You're hoping that the worst is behind them and that they can put it together for a stretch of a couple of months when you're talking about them getting into seven-game series once we get to the second season. And listen, based on what I've seen lately from the Lakers with Braun back, I'll take my chances with this group as opposed to pretty much anybody else in the playoff field. Al Sacramento is up next on ESPN Radio. Al, what do you think? Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, listen, I've been watching the Lakers since 65 uh, all those years. So uh, all the technical factors, all the reasons you threw in Darren Ham, that's an interesting one to think about from a head coach's role. So I'm just – I'm confident, and I'll use the Holy Scriptures, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conditions of things not – Listen, we can go to Scripture if you want. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I got the the Lakers got the Holy Ghost, big uh, fella. Let's go. Oh, come on. Let's go. Oh, uh, come on. Believe. You got to believe, big fella. Listen. You hey, got to believe. Be, hey, if that's what we're going to say, I don't even know if Jesus can keep Anthony Davis healthy, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> he can walk fair. on water, but he can't keep AD healthy? That would be more impressive than turning water into wine, I guarantee you that. Who is AD? Mr. Glass? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Is he going to reprise Sam Jackson's role in that film franchise? Come on, man. Listen, Carlin, you have to acknowledge that version of Anthony Davis that we saw last night on any given night can be the most dominant big in the league. That version of him on no any given night can be the most dominant big in the, in the league. I mean, I watched that game, Sixers-Mavs, and Embiid was outstanding. I will say this, last night, AD was better on both ends of the court. That's saying something. When the guy that is the presumptive MVP played his tail off in a game that the Sixers had to win, a game that the Sixers were down at halftime, came back, was phenomenal. As good as Embiid was last night, Anthony Davis was better against the Bulls. Kent in South Carolina next on ESPN Radio. Kent, what do you got, bud? Yes, so thanks, guys. Um, loved your show, and... Um... Love talking about my Lakers. Grew up a Showtime kid, and uh, being a Kentucky grad, class of 2000, of course, I follow all the Wildcats, and I think people forget how dominant Anthony Davis was when he was with the Pelicans. 
And I think people also forget how dominant other big men have been that had too much of a load put on them. You think back to Greg Oden of Ohio State, but his knees gave out. And others that, uh, you know, Anthony Davis shot up a, over a foot before he got to Kentucky. And I think that what you mentioned about LeBron James with load management, I don't want to use that word, but limited minutes, let's say, down to 30 to 35 minutes a game, that uh, the best teams didn't have their stars necessarily playing a full 45 to 48 minutes. They, they had balance. You think back to the 90s Bulls, they had balance, and they had great players around Robin and Pippen and Jordan. I think that's what you may have with the Lakers right now. You have better players around AD and around LeBron. I don't know about Austin Reeves because I haven't seen him play enough yet, or D'Angelo Russell. I remember when he was with the Lakers before, but if they have good balance, I, could, I challenge anybody to name a Well, if anybody has good balance, duo, I get that. I, I absolutely get that, and thanks for the call. The one thing I'd say is the reason that people forget about it is because he's been off the court as much as he has. That's that's just all there is to it. Nobody has well, ever well, has there been, Anthony Davis's talent. Well, has there been anything memorable with the New Orleans Pelicans organization? So it's easy to not when he got remember traded. how. That, that's what I'm saying. It's easy not to remember how good AD was when he was in a Pelicans uniform. So there's that part of it. But to your greater point, yeah, the last couple of years, AD has been out of the lineup more than he's been in. And and we thought that that was going to be, unfortunately, the trend for the rest of his career. But since he's been back and in the absence of LeBron, he, he's played at a really high level. I'm not going to say an MVP level, but just a tick under that. And the Lakers have needed every bit of it because, what, were they 12-7 and seven without LeBron? So, I mean, this is a situation where you needed AD to be that good in order for your team to tread water. And now that Braun is back, you can see a pathway to this team ascending and really becoming one of those dark horse favorites in order to get to the Western Conference Finals and, dare I say, potentially the NBA Finals. Canty, it's baseball's opening day. The coverage tonight of the reigning champion Astros hosting the White Sox. It is right here on ESPN Radio, beginning at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. In just moments, is it time for Bill Belichick to start thinking about what retirement looks like? We will explain why it's the case next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. So is it about time for Bill Belichick? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. 
Canty, uh, we remember from earlier in the week when Bill Belichick was asked a question, why should people have faith in what lies ahead for the New England Patriots? And he said the last 25 years. I thought it was odd that he did at LSU Pro Day make sure to kind of clarify those comments as if to say, we're not resting on our laurels. I, I don't think people thought they were resting on their laurels, Canty. I, I, I didn't take that out of it. But when you haven't won in three consecutive years in a very unique situation where you forced the greatest quarterback of all time out of your organization, you're on the hot seat. And it's time to start looking at what you need to do to change that narrative. Well, he's a person. This is the first example of Bill Belichick being defensive that I can remember. I mean, everybody will go back to that on in Cincinnati after they got their buck kicks in a primetime game. But this is the first time I've seen a misstep from Bill Belichick and him respond to a question and, and really seemingly be offended by it and, and him pointing to his resume as his defense. I, I've never heard Bill Belichick take this type of tone and, and have this type of response to any question about what's going on with this program and how they can improve. This is the first time that I can remember Bill Belichick um, you know, feeling or, or looking somewhat vulnerable. And I think the last three years – you know, I can I can based on what we've seen and them being one game under five hundred. If you include the playoff loss, there are all reasons to question whether or not he's the right person in order to get this franchise back on track. And then, of course, if you start to question that, that also brings into play what happened over the two decade plus run that they had with Tom Brady and who was responsible for the success of the organization during that span. So I, I just th- – there's a lot there, big fella, but but what I will say is it's the first time that I think even Bill Belichick is acknowledging by him being defensive that he may be losing his grip a little bit in terms of knowing exactly what that franchise needs in order to be successful at the highest level. Well, you, you brought this up on our call earlier, and I want to get into this for a second. The idea that you and I have both come forward with, and I think many are are starting to do the same, that Lamar Jackson is a perfect fit for the New England Patriots. Mm. And Bill Belichick loves nothing more than to go get a player that he has had trouble defending over the years. But you brought this up and I was surprised by it. The idea that if you bring in Lamar Jackson... All of a sudden, he's got a lot more say in what goes on in the future of the organization than Bill Belichick does. And maybe that would keep Bill from wanting to do that and kind of letting, frankly, his ego get in the way of a move like that. Well, yeah, there's a couple of reasons for that, right? Presumably, if you get Lamar Jackson, that means you're giving him significant guarantees, if not a fully guaranteed contract. So a player that is going to be around for the next four or five years come hell or high water, is going to have a lot more swing than a coach that's seemingly going year to year. Because Belichick is, what, 71 years old? The second oldest coach in the National Football League? Yep. So you have to acknowledge just the realities of of that, you know, without trying to be morbid. Bill Belichick ain't buying green bananas. So there's that aspect of it. But you also have to factor in the legacy of Robert Kraft and what he wants that to be. 
everybody dubs him as one of the most successful owners, if not the most successful owner in all of sports. He's got six championships. That's great. But he wants to continue to compete for championships. He doesn't want Tom Brady to be the only reason why he was able to enjoy this success. And so being able to at least put the franchise back in contention for a ring matters to him. And if he can get a guy like Lamar Jackson, then all of a sudden the quarterback has the year of the owner, similar to what we saw with Tom Brady before you know that, that ended uh, unceremoniously. All I'm simply saying is this. The relationship between Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick has been described as an icy one now, with both men being very careful to express their agendas and what they want to get done for this team moving forward. If you parachute in a Lamar Jackson caliber talent and MVP quarterback, if for whatever reason that team doesn't have success, Bill Belichick will be the scapegoat, not the quarterback. And that's probably why this is a move that the Patriots won't make. Wow. See, that, that that's bothersome. That, that's bothersome because for Bill, that's just a massive insecurity that is kind of revealed in that spot, right? It is. It is. For a guy like that to have that level of insecurity, yeah, that, that's, that's mind-boggling. That would keep your own team from winning. Wow. Are the Bucks the title favorites? That's next in the NBA. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.